0: Minus 10. Welcome to Laser Focused. Six, five, Together, we make the impossible possible. Two,
1: one, zero.
0: Now here's your host, Renette Youssef.
1: Welcome to Laser Focused, a podcast that takes you on a journey of discovery with the leaders that are revolutionizing how we think of additive manufacturing. I'm your host, Renette Youssef. I'm the CMO and brand disruptor at Velo3D. This week, I am joined by Max Hout, the founder and CEO at Launcher. Launcher develops some of the world's most efficient, high-performance rockets for small satellites. Recently, they purchased two metal additive solutions from Velo3D to help push their progress forward. Max is here today to talk about how they've utilized our metal additive manufacturing solution with the building of their rockets and all the work they continue to do at Launcher. Welcome.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me, Renate.
1: Of course. Of course. It's, I know we've been talking for a while on email, but it's finally good to sit down with you and learn more about you and Launcher.
0: Or virtually uh, sit down and stand up, I guess. Yep.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love the background. So good to see that um, Launcher Thank you. is there. Yep. So uh, I would really love to start from the very beginning. Can you give us an overview of your entrepreneurial journey? I know you started in Belgium and London, but I'd love to hear the story.
0: Oh, this far back. So, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I'm originally
0: born in Belgium. I'm a thankfully and thankful naturalized uh, American citizen now. But then at the beginning of my career, or after I left high school, I had a desire to start live television uh, directing. That's what I wanted to do. And so I had the chance to go to, to London for an internship at a company called IMG, uh, the partner of Endeavor, the, one of the world's largest uh, sport TV production and, and management company. And then there, I suddenly realized that, um, you know, TV is an, and video is an exciting, um, it's an exciting career, but uh, the internet, this was 95, 96, the internet was just starting to become, you know, public and popular. And so I had the chance to help build some of the world's largest website for Manchester United, uh, the European Tour of Golf, the Patriots uh, here in the US. And so very quickly I had a hundred people working for me, making large scale uh, websites real-time scoring and even in these early days late 90s live video streaming and audio which was very very early days so um spent 10 years there had the chance to to then sell a product uh in a division i had created over that time to verizon mm-hmm. and then moved to the u.s in 2005 okay and then there you know i obviously i've always had like uh, the, the desire to be an entrepreneur uh-huh. and so both the you know being in new york at the time and the you know, personal finance, and obviously my video and internet experience. I created a company called Livestream. Okay. Assembled a team of co-founder, and uh, you know, Livestream. We sold it in 2017 to Vimeo, and uh, and then started Launcher, which is why we're here. So, uh, so video and now aerospace. So. Um,
1: so a very successful background. <laughs> so I would like to dive into that part, right? Like, how do you make the jump from video to space exploration?
0: Yeah, actually, what we are even seeing ourselves through one of the product, uh, you know, I assembled an amazing team to create called Mevo. You can check it out at Mevo.com. Mm-hmm. It's a live streaming camera. You can use it as a webcam. Uh-huh. You know, we've made hundreds of thousands of them and it's a high scale. And, and that business uh, we we sold uh, last April to Logitech, or uh, last February. Okay. And so, you know, the reason I bring up Mevo is that if you look at my background and my career, it's really being passionate about a market segment or a product in a category, and then being able to assemble the, an amazing team uh, of of people that know what they're doing,
1: yes, uh, and have yes. the
0: experience, and motivate them, and get you know funding, and and as well as as create a I think a technology strategy that uh, that can win and and make sense. So that was what I did when when I was building internet website or content management platform. That's definitely what I did at, at Mivo, and so. Launcher was kind of the next progression in that, so the the topic is different. it's aerospace. but the method and the entrepreneurial experience is a one to one map. and then you know mevo the video camera is kind of the bridge between software, there's some really high end you know, phone and firmware software, uh-huh. but it's also con- consumer electronics, right? So okay. it's electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, manufacturing at scale. And so you can see that uh, with Launcher, which is obviously at the beginning, primarily a, a hardware product and a hardware story and not not the easiest sector, right? Uh, building orbital machine. But eventually, actually, the software becomes a key differentiator. And then, uh, you know, the the type of engineers that you need, are very similar, electrical engineer, mechanical engineer, and and you're dealing with hardware at a different scale, so.
1: Before we dive too deep into this, because I do want to double Mm. down on some things you said, can you maybe give our listeners an overview of Launcher? Some people have maybe not heard of Launcher or new to this space, but an overview would be great.
0: I'm sure there'll be a link in the story. (laughs) Check out Uh uh, launcherspace.com. So we're, we're a company building basically machines or rockets that can deliver satellites to orbit. So our customers are nascent, you know, either established or nascent startups that are that are building uh, ever smaller satellite. The satellites used mm-hmm. to be the size of buses. They're now the size of mm-hmm. loaf of bread. And even more recent, there's a company called Swarm that build a, a global constellation using the size of a, grilled cheese sandwich as satellite, So wow. there's a there's a revolution both in, you know, the electronics and the ability to build very useful small satellite.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At the same time, that's driven by the need for more data, the need to observe the earth, the need for communication. So we as the, gl- the global economy and the global humans have, have a, a greater need for insp- infrastructure in space. And so Launcher is basically solving uh, one of the many problems in this, you know, this kind of new emerging industry, which is the ability to launch small satellite to orbit uh, for our customers. So our customers build a satellite and then we help them uh, get them safely to to orbit uh, so that they can operate them. We have two products. So the first one is, is LauncherLite. It's okay. an actual small rocket that can carry up to 150 kilograms of, of satellite uh, to lower orbit. Uh-huh. Uh And our maiden launch uh, for LauncherLite is expected to be in 2024. Mm-hmm. Key differentiator is we focus on highest performance propulsion mm-hmm. so that we can have more payload for a given rocket size. Okay. And at the same time, uh, we're also building a product called Orbiter. You can see some of the uh, pictures of it uh, behind me. And so Orbiter is is sort of the the delivery taxi or the the last mile scooter that then delivers the satellite to the desired orbit. If on one rocket you have multiple customer, and we've made it compatible not only with Arm Rocket in two thousand twenty four, but with SpaceX rideshare, which is basically a program where you can launch up to uh, more than two hundred kilo, but from two hundred kilogram of satellite to lower orbit. For as low as a million dollar, and uh, so that's an unprecedented price. And so you can look at SpaceX, Righteous as the bus, and so launcher orbiter can carry our customer satellite on it and make it more useful because we can increase the altitude, lower it, we can change a little bit uh, the inclination, and then uh, when a customer needs a dedicated, you know, an orbit that that they can't access with um, uh, with, with SpaceX we have our dedicated launch at a premium called uh, Alight. So okay. uh, that, that's what we're building uh, here. And the first flight for Orbiter is at the end of uh, next year, October 2022. And as I mentioned, uh, alight in 2024.
1: We'll be looking out for that. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned the size. Why does that matter? Like, Why does the light and the small satellites really matter in, in what you're building and creating?
0: Well, it's, it's all about economics. So the, you know, there used to be a time where only governments and publicly traded company, meaning, you know, that could develop satellites for hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. were able to build infrastructure in space. Okay. And so the biggest change is because now you can make a useful, you know, camera satellite or, or observation satellite at a thousand times smaller size then the cost to make this satellite, you know, goes down dramatically and the cost to launch it goes down dramatically. Mm -hmm. And you can also, because the cost is lower, you don't have to guarantee that it's going to operate for 10, 15 years. Some of these satellites cost maybe less than $100,000 to make. So so this whole shift basically allows companies that raise millions of dollars to send demonstration Mm satellites and Mm -hmm. maybe tens of millions of dollars to have a fully working global constellation. Mm-hmm. And um, the, and that's unprecedented. The barrier of entry before was mm-hmm, a billion-dollar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, company. So, mm-hmm. so small is not, you know, what's interesting in itself. is what allows VCs and entrepreneurs to not build build satellite companies where they couldn't before.
1: Okay. And you talked about performance engines at low costs. How does, like, what you're doing with Velo, example, really help you do that? So how has AM helped you build and create a differentiator?
0: So, you know, we've talked about the satellite, the satellite are now smaller, which basically means smaller rockets are also useful. Mm -hmm. Before, if you had a small rocket and uh, in the market there was only a very large satellite, you know, you might build it, you might reach orbit, but no one would buy it. So the first key is that now small, um, small rockets are useful. Not not all rockets are created equally. You know, most people don't know, but, you know, the satellite is about 1%. 1% of the mass of the rocket when all the propellant, all the fuel is inside, and it can be up to 5% for a very high performance rocket. And so the the basics is this, is if you have an engine that generates, you know, the same amount of thrust as another one, but consume less propellant, sort of the miles per gallon for a car, on that rocket, you don't have to put as much propellant, as much Mm -hmm. fuel. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, you can have more payload, more satellite. And so performance of an engine or miles per gallon of an engine can, you know, dramatically change your the economics uh, in your ability as a provider to lower the price per kilogram, uh, you know, to your customer or to have more margin. Because you, you can literally end up having two rockets of the same size and one can carry two times, maybe three times more satellites than your competitor. And that's all enabled by you know, focusing on engine performance. Mm-hmm. And so Launcher, one of our key differentiator to our competitors in the small launch market is the focus from day one on engine performance and engine scalability. So we, we're building a 22,000 pound thrust or 10 ton force engine. On our first rocket, there'll be a single one of them on the first stage. So it means that if we have to build a larger rocket, we can do it by going up to nine engine. But it also means that our small rocket is a lot Lower cost because we have to 2D to print, test, mm-hmm. qualify, assemble one engine, might be a bit bigger than our competitors, but we don't have to do nine engine or four engine or five engine. So the the size is important. So size is important, performance is important. Now, if you look at performance, the best engine, the best rocket engine in the world was actually made uh, in the Soviet Union, Russia in the 80s without computers. And it's still today is the record that uh, soon SpaceX in the United States will will take over the Raptor engine at, when it flies to orbit. Mm-hmm. But what this tells you is that, you know, we know how to make, uh, we, the, the world, and the engineering, rocket engineering, really knows how to make high-performance rocket engine, but it still takes time to develop and focus and so on. And so a lot of our competitors are trying to go so fast that they uh-huh, are, uh-huh. they are basically you know, doing a low performance engine open cycle or electric pump. Okay. Yeah. And so back (laughs) to your your question about Velo is our engine is a closed cycle uh, stage combustion engine, the highest performance type of of liquid rocket engine. And we we 3D print all of the critical part of our uh, liquid oxygen, turbo pump and turbine uh, using Velo 3D um, uh, sapphire printers,
1: basically. Excellent. Max, I've been around entrepreneurs for like 20 years and they like to go fast. Mm -hmm. So having to go slow and really be thoughtful about what you're building, is that is that a friction point for you or is that something that is natural because what you're doing or you've had to relearn to go sort of slow down?
0: Well, slow, you know, the the first thing is in hardware, things are (laughs) just inherently a little slower. Uh So an example would be uh, when you make a video camera and you want to put it into market, Mm -hmm. you're not doing this in two months in a hackathon. You have a supply chain, you have components that take Mm -hmm. a year to -hmm. to source, and you have a manufacturing partner and you have to make boards. And so that, you know, usually the fastest you could do that is one year. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, you know, and In aerospace, you know, slow is tens of years. And so single digit years is actually in aerospace term very fast. But there's a temptation to even go faster. So, for example, you know, a lot of uh, the viewers, I'm sure, are familiar with the new SpaceX rocket Starship, which is going very fast. They're really trading. That's the way to succeed in kind of a new aerospace world, right? But it's grounded on a new engine they've been developing for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so there's no shortcut. No one is starting to to develop a new engine or new turbopump and is flying it in one or two years. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. thing, the minimum, based on all of the great, predecessors on the private side that we're moving very fast is about five years from you know kicking off the development of an engine and, mm-hmm. and reaching orbit reliably. Mm-hmm. And so that's fast, right? In yeah. traditional aerospace. In the internet world, yes. that's super slow. <laughs> In traditional aerospace, it's incredibly fast. Okay. And then the other variable is to do it with a lot less capital. Maybe mm-hmm. before Traditionally, the government would would at least spend a billion dollar on developing an engine. Mm -hmm. We think we can do for low ten million dollar, then twenty million dollar. And so that that's the other piece is how do you go a lot faster than traditionally and with a lot less total capital? And the key there, one of the key enabling technology there is is three D printing.
1: Yeah. So how did you fall into three D printing? Is it the people that you've hired? And really drove that? Or was it something that you've seen other rocket companies do and like, okay, this is obviously makes sense. Like what's your path that led you to 3d printing?
0: It's more fundamental than that. It's like, you know, let's say you were doing uh, you were building products in the, in the eighties or seventies <laughs> yep. using, you know, and, and, calculations, and then somebody showed up with the computer, <laughs> yes. right? You better use the computer <laughs> yes. or you're not going to succeed. Like yes. the world has changed. And I think 3d printing, It's the same, right? So there used to be a certain number of tools that you could make rocket engine wheel. you know, forging, casting,
1: welding, brazing, Mm -hmm.
0: which is, uh, well, welding, but Mm -hmm. also brazing. It's very, very complicated to make combustion chambers because even though they look simple on the outside, they have hundreds of cooling channels. And for a big engine, it could be even a mile of very small cooling channels inside. And so this used to be done traditionally using spin-forming of copper, milling Mm -hmm. of copper, and then Mm -hmm. brazing of copper with an Inconel shell. In in that technique, only a few, SpaceX actually, the traditional technique, SpaceX succeeded at it, but just a few countries in the world with their whole industrial might have succeeded at at building traditional combustion chamber. Now comes our version of the computer, the metal 3D printing, and now anyone with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars funding or low millions of dollars funding can 3D print small engine and go test them. Amazing. And so that's, you know, that's not unique to us. We're doing many unique things and we are at the forefront of it, both in our combustion chamber and, you know, one meter tall copper part and in our turbo pump with fellow 3 d So you have to be at that, you know, the edge and pushing, but ultimately we, we, we and our competitors benefit from Uh, you know, a a swell and a tide of democratizing how you can make the parts you need in a rocket engine, the turbo parts and the chamber.
1: Just moving uh, gears a little bit. So I read on your website that you're building Launcher to be a 100-year company. So how does that sort of ambition and vision play out in your day-to-day with your team?
0: Well, hundred year minimum. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> you
0: know? yes. It's it's a way of being, right? The the mission, yep. the, you know, ultimately the founding of Launcher and the mission mm-hmm. is a belief that we we humanity should be exploring the stars. Is a belief that we should, of of course, take care of Earth, but using space exploration and even space observation and tools in orbit, we we can also help in general, all of our day-to-day issue on Earth that, that we have in space and satellites do it today. But fundamentally, you know, we believe that exploration is is the future. And that if, you know, if, there, if we have uh, future generations still around in 10, 20,000 years, I personally believe that we will be multiplanetary, and it would make the most important, you know, event of the millennia when uh-huh. uh, no, we launched the first satellite Sputnik or when we landed on the moon. And so to me, even though we've been able to put things in space since 1957, so it looks like an old industry on this timeline of hundreds of years, of thousands of years, like we are day one, right? I'm born and have the chance to contribute to this at, at day number one. And so the 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 root of the company is how do we how do we create a successful company that is you know product that help towards these mm-hmm. this big goal. Our first mm-hmm. product are delivering satellites. I don't know what we'll do in the future, but the first step in doing that is to build machines that can reach orbit, right? And and doing it at a low cost, not the traditional aerospace. Doing it in the way that SpaceX paved the way, and other company like Rocket Lab are, are able to do, but even beat mm-hmm. the record. Our, our goal is to to build a rocket to reach orbit for less than fifty million invested, the previous record was one hundred million. Rocket Lab and the previous record before was was uh, SpaceX two hundred million dollar, and before that it's billions of dollar, if not hundreds of billions of dollars in the early days in the seventies. That's ultimately you know how do how do we create a successful, profitable company that's useful to the United States, useful to our customer, and then ha- end up. Helping explore the star. And of course, it's not about, you know, get rich quick scheme mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. selling it to, to somebody in two minutes. As you succeed there, you have many options for investors to, to sell their shares and liquidity. Mm-hmm. It could be public market. It could be private market. So ultimately there's a financial rationale, but, but you have to, you know, we think long term and we think about that future and we want to be, we have the chance to be there day one in similar ways of the more fundamental that day one of the internet. And we're doing it. So there's no other way than being long-term. is kind of the way we are. And, you know, going back to building the, the rocket, only 11 countries in the world have built their own rocket successfully uh-huh. out of 200.
1: Wow. I can
0: tell you that every country in the world wants to be able to build a rocket to send their own satellite so they don't have to ask permission or uh-huh. from another country. But only 11 in 60 years have succeeded. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that tells you how difficult it is. But guess what? It's getting easier every day. Electronics, yeah. simulation, three D printing. So it's not easy, but it's relatively easier. Okay. And also, as a result, lower cost and lower lower size of teams.
1: So what what is one thing you wish you knew before you started launcher? That's that's <laughs>
0: interesting. Um, you know, so far, you know, I we started in two thousand seventeen, and uh-huh. I made a personal analysis know, I, I've also sold uh, my other company, Mevo, and yes. Livestream, and taken most of that capital, and personally, you know, with my family, put it in Launcher. So, okay. so it's uh, pressure. The, I mean, it's <laughs> conviction and excitement, <laughs> yes. right? Like, wh- wh- why would you not invest in yourself if you believe that you, you can succeed at something special? So, you know, in in doing that, you know, you think like an investor, and so that you know, it's it's pretty simple to think about how special it is and and why we should do that and uh and to invest your own dollars so what so back to my point is that you know i analyzed the market under time and i made a lot of prediction you know there's a few hundred companies around the world trying to do this but if you really scratch the surface like there's only like a hand you know two handful in the us that have any hardware and maybe 20 of them around the world that that have you know any team more than 10 people and any hardware and then if you look at any market like the internet and so on you know hundreds or even thousands of companies try, and it doesn't matter that, that, you know, just a few win. Mm. And so, you know, at at the end, it's that analysis. So, you know, I analyze who would survive, who would be very good, who would get to orbit next. And so far, you know, I've been lucky that everything has, has played out. The only thing that's a bit different is SpaceX which I thought would focus only on Mars, only on big uh-huh. rocket, uh-huh. decided to really help grow the space economy by by launching the most affordable righteous So it yeah. used to be a time where you could only buy A launch on SpaceX for forty million. Now Mm -hmm. you can buy one for one million. So I didn't predict that, but actually it's been amazing because we've been able to actually be a customer of that and and help make you know our offering even quicker and more useful with uh, launcher orbiter. Okay. So nothing fundamental yet. You know, we still have to get to orbit and succeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the other thing that's really really exciting is that building teams. You know, there's more rockets that are being built than before, yeah. but there's still not yeah. that many. And so especially not that many that are, you know, firing engine and building real hardware. And so the, you know, when you build an internet company, you compete with Google, Facebook, and, you know, it's it's a race to get really top talent. But in this rocket industry, you know, it's amazing the amount of talent out there that are ready to move and work here at our HQ and help us build rocket, you know, graduate to very experienced uh, people, that's also different. I, I didn't expect it to be so um, so possible to build mm. these teams. So the mm. you know, big constraint is uh, is fundraising, and then the big constraint is is obviously you have to get to orbit, right? You can launch rocket, but if you don't get to orbit, you destroy your customer satellite. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that that's the big challenge ahead. And once we've reached orbit, I think you should ask me the question again. Yes, what was okay. d- different?
1: That's a deal. That's a deal. So I have one final question. It's kind of like the last one, but. What's one value that you would never compromise on?
0: I mean, um, <laughs> I mean it's being ethical, I think, uh, okay. uh, at the end. Um, and, you know, related to Launcher, it's our culture. We have an engineering-driven mm-hmm. culture and a Perfect. hardware-driven culture. And, and I think, uh, you know, the, we stayed through it since 2017, and we will hopefully for the next uh, decades.
1: Excellent. Well, it was great speaking with you and learning more about Launcher. I really enjoyed your passion.
0: Thank you, thank you, and thanks for the amazing technology that allows us to build a launch light E2 engine, a turbo pump, as well as our orbiter, you know, pressure tank, and engines.
1: Perfect. Thanks so much. That's going to do it for this episode of Laser Focus. I want to say a huge thank you to Max How for joining me for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere where you get your favorite podcasts for new episodes. I'm your host, Renette Youssef, and this has been Laser Focus, where together we innovate without compromise.